How can I raise my child to be resilient, even when I don't feel resilient myself? This is the question we're going to be tackling in today's episode. This is HiFam. I'm Avital. Welcome. I am so excited to be talking about one of my favorite and most relevant and of the moment topics, which is resilience. How we develop that strength, that anti-fragility, that ability to overcome. But whenever I talk about developing resilience in children, one of the common questions I get asked is, that's all great, but how do I help my child be resilient when I myself don't feel resilient? When I feel a certain sense of weakness, like I crumble in the face of adversity and stress, like I am not capable, like I am not strong. How do I give my child essentially something that I myself don't have? And this is actually a really critical and very self-aware question that I get asked quite a lot on various topics. Like if I don't have good communication skills, how do I give that to my child? If I don't have amazing relationships with my family members, how do I give that to my children? If I don't have a good relationship with my body, with my health, with finances, in my marriage, how do I then pass those on to my children? Obviously, all of these questions are multifaceted, multi-layered, and truly nuanced and complex. There is no one right answer with regards to how we give our children something that we ourselves don't have. But today, let's take resilience as an example and break it down into the types of steps that we can take as parents to develop the very gift, the very skill, the very ability, the very outlook or philosophy or relationship that we want to give to our children, that we want them to have. But that we ourselves feel that we are lacking in. Here's the kind of mindset that we come to this question with, right? The thing is that we all want the best for our children. We all want our children to surpass us, right? To actually have even healthier, better, more accomplished, more successful and meaningful lives than we have. There's that kind of intergenerational desire to give our children the things that we didn't have, right? That they should have all the good things we have and none of the bad things and then some, right? And then some more good things layered on top of that. That somehow from generation to generation, our quality of life, our standard of relationships, our health, our wellness, our finances, all of that is going to continue to level up. But then we're faced with the reality, which is that It's very hard to give our children the types of skills or the character or the relationships uh, that we ourselves don't have, because it means that we maybe don't know how to do that. We don't have the blueprint for it. We don't have the experience. How are we to mentor someone in something that we ourselves are not mentored in, are not skilled and masterful in? So let's look at resilience and understand that if we want to give our children resilience to face the challenges and adversities that lie ahead in every human life, then we first have to understand what is resilience? What is this thing that we want to give them? So again, this would be true for anything that you want to give your child. You want to give them a great marriage? You've first got to really understand what a great marriage is. You want to give them great health? You've first got to kind of become a student of understanding and defining what your goal is. The truth is that you, my friend, can give your children so many different gifts and you're not going to be able to give them them all, okay? We're going to have to be a little bit uh, targeted and focused on the particular things that we really want to develop, that we really want to pay the most attention to within our family. 
And I think resilience is a really good one of those things to pay tremendous attention to because it sets our children up in good stead to manage whatever they face in life. So how do we define resilience? Well, really, I could tell you how I would define resilience for my children and what I want in them in one simple label. And it is this, overcomers. Resilient people are overcomers, okay? They overcome the difficulties that they face in life, right? Resilience is the ability to adapt, to bounce back or bounce forward. It's the ability to recover from challenges, from adversities, from setbacks. And it involves the capacity to withstand and overcome difficult situations, learning and growing in the process. So it's about not seeing failures and difficulties as tragedies, as catastrophes that will never overcome, that we will never grow from, but rather as difficult things, as obstacles that we must overcome and that we can learn from, right? Seeing failures as lessons, for example, is a good definition for resilience. Resilient individuals can maintain a positive outlook. Even through trying times, they can hold on to a sense of hope, of competency, of capability and capacity, of confidence, right? They can cope effectively with the stress that life hands them and they can navigate through life's ups and downs with a sense of strength and flexibility. Resilience is not about avoiding difficulties, but rather about developing the skills and attitudes that enable one to face and overcome these challenges. So again, really important to underscore that if you are multitasking or daydreaming, come back to me here. Resilience is not about avoiding difficulties. It is not about having a hunky-dory, happy-go-lucky, easygoing existence where you don't have to face any challenges and you actually maybe evade them or escape them, run away from them or hide from them. But actually, it's quite the opposite. It's the ability to go through them and come out stronger on the other side, to be flexible, to be uh, somewhat adaptive and able to face them on our own strengths, right? With our own reserves of, uh, of power, of mindset, of strength. So why is it important to define this? Well, first of all, I actually want you to start to look at yourself and at your children as overcomers, okay? Label yourselves in this way. I'm an overcomer. I overcome things. People might call it, I'm a fighter. I'm a survivor. I'm resilient. I'm adaptive. I'm flexible. I get through things, right? And the idea of overcoming is that something that I might have thought would weaken me or would break me doesn't, right? It might scar me. It might hurt me. It might traumatize me. It might be painful. It might be tragic. I might mourn. I might grieve. I might go through tough times. But going through all of those difficulties, all of the adverse reactions, all of the negative emotions do not dictate what happens on the other side of that. If I can go through all of those, but then I come out on the other side, that means I'm an overcomer. If at the end of it, I can function, I can, uh, find some hope and positivity, I can find some lessons learned, then that is the resilience. In other words, you can't judge the resilience in the eye of the storm. In the eye of the storm, you might feel depressed. You might be dysfunctional. You might be hysterical. uh, You might not function well. But what happens when you go through it and come out on the other side, right? Do you get stuck there (laughs) is the question of resilience, right? Do you stay stuck or do you overcome? Do you move through? 
Understanding that definition is going to help you when you talk to your child. They're having a hard time. Say, just this morning, my child told me that people are teasing him in school. And he said, I don't want to go to school. I want to stay home. And I said to him, you know, we can talk about the prospect of homeschooling separately. But we're not going to talk about the prospect of homeschooling as a solution to being teased at school. Now, he wasn't being bullied. He wasn't being teased in some terrible way that he can't overcome. It was a little bit of, you know, normal childhood teasing between friends. He's sensitive. It hurt his feelings. He didn't like it. And his solution was to evade and uh, avoid and run away and escape and say, I'm not going to school, not because I want to be homeschooled, not because I have some uh, ideological uh, pedagogy that I want to follow at home. No, but because I want to avoid the challenge of dealing with friends who are being a little bit you know, a little bit uh, rough around the edges, a little bit hard for me to contend with, who are poking a little bit of fun at me. I actually articulated to him exactly why I wasn't going to let him stay home because his friends were teasing him. And I said, look, honey, I really get that this hurts your feelings. I get it. I'm a sensitive person. I was also teased in school. It really hurt my feelings. It was very hard for me to contend with. If I now say to you, okay, so you don't need to go to school. You can stay home because you're being teased. What you're going to register inside of yourself is that you can't handle a bit of teasing, that you are highly offendable, highly sensitive, can't cope, need to be protected, need to be sheltered from a bit of teasing from your friends who are usually very nice to you and for some reason teased you a little bit this week. That wouldn't be a good message for your brain because I want you to see yourself as an overcomer. I want you to see yourself as someone who's capable of handling tricky social dynamics uh, with some resilience, with some empowerment, with some sophistication, with skills. But the only way we get there is by going through it. So you are going to go to school today. Here are some ways I can help you. I can talk to these kids' parents. I can talk to your teacher. I can help you to talk to them. Or you can handle it yourself, right? And saying this to a 10-year-old kid actually registers a lot of the time, or it certainly did with my son, where he understood that this is the type of thing he has to face and handle if he wants to grow skills, if he wants to grow stronger, if he wants to actually be a little bit less offendable and sensitive and a little bit more anti-fragile and capable of handling things that are less comfortable, that he didn't really like, that he wouldn't choose, that aren't his preferences. All right. So we want to really show our children we believe in them, that this is a great opportunity for overcoming. And that should really be your first reaction, your first response to challenge. The first kind of go-to should be, can we overcome this? right? There are some things that are insurmountable where we need to step in and save them, where we need to change course, where, yep, homeschooling would be the right solution. There are things that are just too much, uh, that would crush their souls, that would stress them out too much, that we don't want them to overcome. But those things are few and far between. The majority of the types of challenges your children and my children are going to face are going to be the types of things that they actually do uh, and can overcome. And they'll do so even better and stronger and faster with our belief in them that that is the natural and normal response, even if it's not their preference, right? Our preference as human beings is to avoid pain. So our preference would be, no, please, mom, come save me, right? Don't make me do this. But what is better for us, what is good for us, might not be our initial knee-jerk preference. It might be actually this uh, decision, this you know, positive, uh, concrete Um, very active and proactive decision to face the challenge with resilience and realize that just like, you know, going on a bear hunt, can't go over it, can't go under it, have to go 
through it. That is the definition of resilience. Remember it, ingrain it in your brain and start to ingrain it in your children's brain. So that's number one. We define it, we understand it, we label ourselves with that label. Now let's look at number two. The second thing that we need to do if we don't feel resilient, but we want to embed that in our children, is that we need to build a slow and gradual process of practice. We need to build the muscle. Really, building muscles is a phenomenal metaphor for so many things that we need to do in parenting. Building skills, right? Uh, Building uh, emotional capacity, self-regulation, building uh, knowledge and education. All of these things are like building muscles that we need to stress the system slowly, gradually, more and more and more. We actually need to increase the weights as we go along. Uh, we need to make the, the, the practices more and more intense as we go along and thereby build bigger and stronger muscles, etc. Of course, we also need to nurture our bodies and take rests and all sorts of other things that this metaphor really offers us. Um, but let's talk about building the muscle of resilience. Think of your child and think of yourself like bodybuilders in the emotional body of resilience, of overcoming. And to do that, you need to not avoid the challenges. You need to take them on, right? That's lifting up the weights. That's going to the gym. That's starting to build the muscle, right? And you need to really talk yourself through it. You need to kind of hype yourself up like, I can do it. I recently met one of my local community heroes in the street, a mother who I absolutely adore and admire. And we're going through really tough times right now. It's hard to feel resilient. It's hard to feel like we're an overcomer. It's easy to feel completely crushed and stressed. If you're not sure what I'm referring to, I'm currently living through a war. I live in Israel. And that's something that, you know, it can make you feel like, oh, I'm not resilient. I can't handle it. I'm fragile. It's too much. But I saw her and I said, wow, you know, you you just embody resilience for me. How do you do it? How do you always seem so put together, even in these you know, dreadful, hellish times that we're living through. And she goes to me, huh? I'm Popeye. (laughs) I loved it. I loved you. I'm Popeye. Now, the way she said that was such an aha moment for me. It really revealed to me, it just opened a window into her soul to understand how this woman, who, by the way, has lost a child, uh, who, by the way, has been through dreadful hell in her life, always seems to have such a pep in her step, an optimism, a thoughtfulness, gratitude, all these amazing mindsets. Really, she's just a joy and a pleasure and an inspiration to be around, despite a very, very difficult life, full of pain and loss. And I, I realized when she said, I'm Popeye, is that she does not identify as a victim ever at all. Um, you know, she just doesn't allow herself to go there. She sees herself as someone strong, as someone who can down a can of spinach and bulge up those muscles and present to the world and to themselves with capability, with strength, with confidence, with potency. She's empowered, in other words, right? Now, how does she do that? She does it uh, from the inside out, but also from the outside in right? Also by saying I'm Popeye, by presenting that to me, a friend. I was coming at her with empathic eyes, come cry on my shoulder, open up to me. I'm here. I love you. I'm holding space for you. And she came back at me with, no, I'm strong. Uh, You didn't get it. Avital, I don't need you to open your heart to me. I can open my heart to you. I'm strong. I have a strong backbone. I have broad shoulders. I can do this. I'm 
totally capable. And this might sound to you a bit like fake it till you make it. And hey, maybe it is. That's a pretty good strategy for a lot of things. But to me, it seemed like true through and through, right? Like on a deep level that she really does embody and really does uh, identify herself as someone who's empowered and not as someone who's a victim. Now, this is how we build the muscle. If you look at gym rats, if you look at bodybuilders, they identify, they label themselves, right? As someone who, uh, who goes to the gym. There's a lot of interesting research this, on this about how when you positively label yourself, rather than just reporting on your behaviors, um, you actually are more likely to live up to those standards. So for example, if I say I'm quitting smoking, but someone hands me a cigarette, I'm more likely to be tempted and to break my promise to myself not to smoke because I've defined it as quitting, right? I've defined it as this thing that I'm, you know, in the process of doing that I'm trying to do, right? I've given myself a way out. If, on the other hand, I say I'm not a smoker, then I kind of box myself into a particular label and I'm much more likely, research shows, to live up to that label that I have placed on myself and and perhaps also because I've shared this with others and I want to now live up to my word. I want you to label yourself and to talk to yourself as an overcomer, as resilient. This is something that I'm really practicing as I preach because people are asking me, how are you? And I want to say, I'm crumbling. I'm, I'm mourning. I'm heartbroken. I'm petrified. But I say, I'm strong. And in saying so, I help myself to actually feel strong. I help myself to actually stand up a little taller, you know, broaden my shoulders a little bit and say, yeah, no, I am strong. That's the truth. And then I start to find evidence for the ways that I'm strong. Here it is. I got up this morning. I did work. I I was kind to my kids. I made a phone call. I, I cooked. I did all these things and I'm not falling apart and I'm not lying in bed and I'm not, not showering and I'm doing things right. And that helps me. Now, This self-talk, the words that we use to describe ourselves is for ourselves within our own heads, uh, to other people and to our children. And this is something you can do with your children. Even if you yourself aren't feeling resilient, you can fake it till you make it and you can start to make this the family mantra, the way that we speak, the way that we do things, okay? For example, in my family, we have a very big hill in our neighborhood that we have to walk up every so often, a few times a week, to visit my brother. And we go up this very, very steep hill. My kids are sometimes on scooters or I'm pushing a a stroller. And there's this tendency to be like, oh, I can't do it. It's so hard, right? But what we've done is we've said, okay, when we moan, when we complain, when we point out how hard something is, that actually drags our energy down. It makes us feel weaker. It makes the task grow bigger. It makes the whole thing harder than it needs to be. Yes, we're going to climb up this hill either way. So let's instead say to ourselves that we can do it, that we're ninjas, that we never give up, that we're strong. Ha ha, we laugh in the face of this hill. It's nothing. We can take it. We can do it. We're robots, right? We're uh, astronauts. We can just levitate to the top of the hill, whatever it is that helps us get that metaphor of strength, of capacity, of capability, of resilience, of strength in climbing this hill is what's going to help us. And so we start to talk to ourselves that way. Talk to your children that way. When they say things are hard, yes, it's hard and you can do hard things. When they say that things are sad, yes, it's sad and we will feel joy joy again. We will overcome. Uh, When they say uh, that they are worried about things, yep, It's natural and normal to feel worried about these things and you can handle it. You need to actually see being resilient as a choice, as a label that you take on, as words that you speak to yourself, to your children, and 
as a muscle that you build. Because what happens is that actually over time, those challenges that we thought were insurmountable become totally manageable. And I know you've seen this in your own life. There were things that you thought you couldn't ever do that were too difficult, that you would bemoan, that you would complain about, that you just put one foot in front of the other and you mastered them, you overcame them. And now they're non-issues, right? I think about this in my own weight training, for example, right? When I first started lifting weights, Lifting a certain number of weights seemed to me impossible. Like I couldn't actually do it without shaking and breaking. But now I've far passed, uh, you know, I frog leaped over that number and climbed in the number of weights that I can lift and do a full squat track in or do, you know, overhead presses or whatever I'm doing um, has grown, right? Why? Because my muscles have literally physically grown. So our resilience can physically grow and we actually build more capacity to be able to handle difficult things when we face them, when we do them again and again. My children climbing up this hill, for example, they hardly complain anymore. They've gotten so used to it. They've gotten in the mindset of, we're ninjas, we can take this, not a big deal. Uh, we're, we're stronger than this hill. Um, and it's become a non-issue and they're not complaining. So what, what I want to tell you is that many parents might face that hill and say, well, let's avoid it. Let's go in the car because I don't want to deal with the complaining. Deal with the complaining. Neutralize the complaining. Replace the complaining with a better script. And then you will become overcomers rather than avoiders. And that is how you build the muscle and it becomes easier and easier. So those are the first two points, right? Define it, label yourself that way, right? And then build that muscle by taking on more and more challenges. And finally, I want to tell you that you yourself can craft a strong mindset internally, right? The things that I've been speaking around right now, up until now, have been kind of hacks in a way, kind of outside in, fake it till you make it type of approaches. But I want to tell you that you can actually change your mindset from the inside out. If you follow me at all, you know that I like to say, mindset is everything. Everything is mindset, right? Almost everything that we face in this life, including the worst atrocities ever, uh, can be overcome, can be contended with, can be navigated if we have a strong mindset. And that might sound glib or naive or privileged, but it's not me saying this. It's people who have survived the Holocaust, such as Viktor Frankl, who exactly made that point that the worst things can be uh, you know, inflicted upon us. But what can't be taken from us is our mindset, that this is the last dignity that man has in the face of tragedy. So if that's true from the depths of Auschwitz, that's certainly true for, for me and you in our homes. That's certainly true when we're contending with day-to-day -day challenges, uh, with illness, with loss, with grief, with all sorts of predation and violation with difficult news, with difficult politics, with difficult family members, with a, a, a hard marriage. These are the types of things we can absolutely overcome. And so we need to craft our mindset. Okay. You actually need to start looking at your own mindset as something that you can develop. I recently met a friend who told me uh, that she was really dramatic as a kid. And then she added, and I still am. And it struck me because in your, you know, late 20s, in your 30s, in your 40s, there's no reason that you still need be dramatic. You don't still need to be the hypersensitive, easily offended, you know, shaken, uh, victim mindset uh, person that you perhaps were as a child, a tween, a teen, a young adult. 
in many ways, I kind of feel like, what? No, why are you still living with drama? That's that's not compulsory, right? That's something you can opt out of by teaching yourself uh, and crafting your mindset to be strong. Now, this is something that I actually teach in my course called Alchemize. Why is it called Alchemize? Because this is exactly the root uh, kind of vibe, if you like, right? The root approach of mindset work. Alchemy takes uh, uh, a cheap or, or, or meaningless material and transforms it into gold, right? We take straw and, and weave it into gold. That's alchemy. What we can do with our mindset is nothing short of that magic, right? We can take our most difficult and painful situations in life, the very relationships, the very things that cause us the most stress. Maybe it's financial stress, maybe it's illness, maybe it's marital stress or stress with my parents or difficulty with my body. I can take that very stress and alchemize it into my biggest source of strength. I can alchemize it into the best lessons I learn in my life. I can alchemize it to make myself exactly the person I always dreamed I could be, into the character that I want to be, into the heroine of my own story, into someone I'm proud to be, someone whose skin I am comfortable in. So if you are walking around feeling that you are easily offended, that you are easily shaken, that you feel really exposed and afraid in the world, that you feel vulnerable, that you feel like you are like a, the kind of this leaf in the wind that's just at the mercy, at the whim of world news, of social media, of what my friends think, of what my brother thinks, of what my kids say. If that's you, if you don't feel like you have a strong spine and broad shoulders, if you don't feel that you are flexible, that you are confident, that you are comfortable in your own skin, that is the work of mindset. That is building a strong mindset from the inside out. It's something that you can heal. It's something that you can change. It's something that you can learn. Just like someone who feels physically weak can grow physically stronger. Okay. And that is something that I teach in my course, Alchemize. It is a mindset course. Now, the truth is that Alchemize is not usually open to the general public. It's usually only open to my studio members, right? Because this is really my high level deep dive mindset course where I teach people to become powerhouses, right? To become empowered, to leave behind all the feelings of being insecure and offendable and and that that inner turmoil, that drama, that constant kind of debate that we have with ourselves. And when we really start to untangle all of that and stand up a little taller, you know, raise our chin a little higher and feel really comfortable and really confident in our own skin. But this year, I feel that time's really cool for opening this course to all of my listeners, right? To all of my students, um, whether you're in the studio currently or not. And of course, I invite you to join the studio next time doors open it's also very linked to resilience, but really the place where you're going to build the best, strongest mindset is going to be inside of Alchemize. So if you want more details on that, uh, go to highfam.com slash Alchemize and your chance to get in for the year of 2024 ends on December 20th. So if you are listening to this before December 20th, 2023, you are still in time to get into this course for the coming year. And I know that we are dealing with really tough times. Even if you're not living through a war like I am, you may still be impacted by the war, by uh, by financial turmoil, by political unrest, uh, by a deep sense 
of insecurity, uh, by fears around world news and world events, uh, by difficulties inside the home, uh, whether it's, you know, facing down the barrel of a divorce or dealing with uh, special needs or, um, you know, health uh, issues. These are all the types of things that can shake us, that can make us feel just really insecure and afraid. And that's something that I'm going to teach you how to overcome so that the circumstances might still be the same, but your inner workings, your inner mindset will have transformed and you'll see everything through a completely different lens and be able to contend with it in a completely different and upgraded and transformed way. You don't need to suffer quite as much as you're suffering now. I want you to know that, you know, the the reality is the reality. I can't change that. But at least 50, if not 80% of the suffering is a choice that you can opt out of when you learn how. And that's what I'll teach you inside of Alchemize. And so my friends, I strongly encourage you to keep on this resilience journey. Resilience is one of the biggest gifts we can give our children because it means that we are equipping them with the tools to handle whatever it is that life throws at them. And that is incredibly meaningful and important and significant parenting work that we can do for them. We can't predict the future. We don't know what's going to happen to the job market or to their marriages or to their health, but we can equip them from the inside out with the abilities to face whatever the world hands them. And for that, you need to develop that within yourself as well. And I invite you into Alchemize to do so. Much, much love, and I'll see you here next time.